Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans. Uh, it's only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset and, the, and we won't settle for less than that and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us so we'll be back this boy got a hit 1010xl 92.5 fm presents jaguars today with your host mike dempsey tony smith and e to the t all right good morning everybody welcome in happy president's day Oh, wait a minute. We're here, Tony. Does this make up for the fact that we weren't here the day after Christmas? Is it okay now? Or New Year's. Has everyone yeah. gotten? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know? Those I don't know how it works Mondays, with the holidays, man. They, some people were frustrated. They were definitely frustrated. I'm going to yeah. say if you have today off, mm-hmm. you can't complain when we get a selected holiday. Like yeah. We're here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're here on President's Day. We're here on a lot of holidays, we, man. Yes, we are. Arbor Day, I'm grinding. <laughs> All right, plant a tree, but still show up for work and talk about sports, for yeah. goodness sakes. So, hope you all had a great weekend. ETS, are you down at the Daytona 500 this weekend, huh? Boogity, boogity. <laughs> oh, this guy. Larry McReynolds Jr. all of a sudden. Man, listen. Stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> it's like, one of these things are not like the other, but guess what? We about to have a blast. Did you have a good time? <laughs> had a blast. Who does boogity, boogity, boogity? Is it Daryl Waltrip? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Man, when I tell you that Daytona 500 was so fun. Was it? Oh, I learned so much about the sport. Who'd you go with? I was going with um, Rick Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. Okay. But Because that was just... That was just who, what kind of who I picked, but uh, I'll probably eventually pick my own driver because I'm kind of into it. It's it no, fun no, no. I meant, cars. did you go oh, to who? the race? Who? Because like, who I'm like, who's Rick Chastain? Like, I'm like, is ET's <laughs> buddy? I don't know who no. Rick Chastain is, man. Did you go by yourself? No, <laughs> no, I went with a buddy, uh, Nod Ross is, um, you know, a local guy. He's a, a social media influencer. He had, he got some tickets. He's like, hey, bro, you trying to go to? The you don't call him Rick Ross? No, nah, I call him Nod. All right, <laughs> and his uh, his alter ego, little nut. This is uh, his little nickname. That's little what he nut. went as. Did everybody know a little nut back in junior Every, high, by the way? Everybody, like, I think a lot of people know peanut. Like, well, a, certainly a, there was always peanut, but little nut, I, I seem to recall a little nut growing up as yeah. well on top of that. Yeah. So, hey, you know, small world, apparently. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed the oh, Daytona man. 500 yeah. <laughs> yesterday. Congratulations to you for that. Uh, I did not do anything quite as adventurous. I did see Ant Man. Okay. And the Wasp. Quantum Mania mm-hmm. this weekend. It's a big. Uh, it's quite of a mouthful of a yeah. title. Does it eh. have a tagline too? Uh, you must see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we must have your money for this. You are not a Marvel fan if you don't watch everything the weekend it comes out. Uh-huh. That's the tagline. Um, I watched it. It was all right. 
It's all know? right. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't it, like anywhere close to a top 10 Marvel movie. It wasn't the worst Marvel movie of all time, despite what my son uh, <laughs> said about it. I told Tony this, spoiler free, but my son, uh, who's off to college, he was going basically about the same time that Heather and I were going on Saturday. And uh, he texts it. He goes, are, are you done? Do you see the whole movie? He didn't want to say anything until we'd seen it. Mm-hmm. As that's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, literally the worst movie he had ever seen in his life. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it was that. It wasn't high art. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it that way either. But, you know, <laughs> and they, they could make Eternals 4, and I'd go see that thing. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Anything good for you this weekend? No. Mostly just hung out at the house. Yeah. Didn't do much. All right. I did check out the XFL as long as I could stand it. Did you? And um, how long could you stand on, it? On Saturday. I probably I watched the second half of the first game. I don't even remember who played in it. Uh, sea Dragons? Is that the Sea Dragons? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Uh, mm. But there wasn't a whole lot of offense uh, in the little bit of the XFL I saw. And uh, there was a lot of... When I say not a whole lot of offense, I mean there was a lot of really bad offense. Mm. Like it was just bad offense. What a, what a shock in a league where uh, Paxton Lynch is one of the starting quarterbacks and he gets benched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before the end of the opener. So. Yeah, I I could have looked it up, but I didn't want to take the time to do it. I was curious how many practices these guys even had. Yeah. Look, right. Because the defense was way ahead of what anybody was doing offensively in the little bit I saw. I get it. People just want to watch some football, right? It's February. It's You're like, them, hey, yeah. there's football. Go watch your football, right? Yeah. Not going to bother me, but when when there's a league that's like you're looking through the capsules, at least I was last week, on the teams, right? No, who's even in this league? I mm-hmm. don't know. And, like, the, whatever team he plays for, Kalen Balaj is listed as, like, the, the front-line player for some team. You yeah. know, Kalen Balaj, who is, you know, like a, a journeyman third running back. NFL skill wise yep. level, I I can't get that. Whatever game I was watching was the one where Martavis Bryant plays for one of the teams. He does play for one of the teams. I Is can, that Vic Beasley's team? Are they on the same team? I think it was. I don't know if they were on the same team. They both played. I think they're on the same team, but I don't know. Like again, you know, uh, I know Josh Gordon. I'm sure somebody in one of my dynasty leagues ran out there and tried to pick up Josh Gordon right. this weekend. <laughs> That's how it is with that guy. He's only 31. Did you see it? 74 yards and a touchdown in the XFL in season <laughs> debut. Hey, look, again, if you like to watch it, great. I, I don't know enough guys in there to care. Um, and am I a football snob? Does that make me a football snob? Probably so. Mm-hmm. Right? I like NFL football, and I like the highest level of college football. Sure. That's about all I like to watch. Right. And even the highest level of college football, it's at least partially to watch the guys that are going to be playing in the league soon. Yes. Right? Like, that's part of the reason you watch. And I do think as much as you and I both play fantasy football, that has a lot to do with how interested we're going to be in watching whatever's going to be on. Sure. It's, okay, these are the guys i got to think about in fantasy football None, in none of years. these guys in the XFL are ever going to be relevant to me in that yeah. fashion, for sure. And if that's not your thing, fine. Enjoy it. Granted. You if know? you want to play XFL fantasy, you do you. Yeah. Even that's a bridge too far for your boy <laughs> right here. I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, today is President's Day. so uh, Don't be scared away by the question of the day. It's really just a simple question in disguise. We're asking you to be the president of the Jacksonville Jaguars football mm-hmm. side of things, so to speak, and give us an executive order on what three things the Jags most need to do. What do they have to get accomplished to make themselves 
a Super Bowl contender in 2023, you may say, you know what, they're already a Super Bowl contender. And in some, you know, this year, you could argue you're in the final eight, you lose by a score on the road to the eventual Super Bowl champion. Yeah, you could tell yourself the story that you're a contender and even have it be believable. But to start the year fresh, teams are coming for you and you're not going to sneak up on anybody and all that good stuff. Uh, what do they need to do to solidify their status or to improve their status, put themselves in the best position to be a 2023 Super Bowl contender. So what's your three-item wish list? And we made it three because I think a lot of people would just say, hey, bring us more pass rush, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. That's probably going to be one of uh, a lot of people's uh, executive orders today. But uh, in addition to that, what are the other things that the, ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars need to get accomplished? Also, uh, it's Mock Draft Monday feel like everybody in my latest round of mock drafts, with like one exception, thinks the Jags are going tight end mm-hmm. in the first round of the draft, Tony. The problem with this is I honestly don't know if there's a consensus on who the guy is, right? Like Michael Mayer, I, a lot of people will tell you, well, if you want the all-around tight end. I don't know if you want the all-around tight end in today's NFL, right? I mean, Evan Ingram's not that guy, and he flourished in this offense last year. Now you're going to have to get a blocking tight end. Would it be nice to have a guy that doesn't tip the defense to whether it's a run play or a pass play? Sure, but they ran plenty of times with Evan Ingram on the field sure. last year. And Travis Etienne had a really good yards per carry average. I'm not that worried about that, but I've seen mocks where all the tight ends are available and they don't go Mayer. I've seen ones that say, oh, obviously if Mayer were here, he'd be the pick, but he's not. So, But this is a good fallback. And then it's a mishmash of do they like the Kincaid guy from Utah? Do they like Musgrave from Oregon State? Who is it that is the next best sure, player? Yeah. And I think different teams. I think if you could get an honest evaluation of all 32 teams and how they rank like the top five tight ends, I think probably Mayer's going to be the consensus number one, but I think the rest of it's going to be a big mishmash. Yeah, that's the way that it feels at this point. And look, we do our mock draft Mondays here on the show. And, you know, taking a look at a few of them, it's like, all right. And I'm getting more and more the sense with, and I get it, this is a pretty much a yearly thing. It's different when the Jags are drafting number one, right? Because then people are basically having a discussion about who's the best player in this draft. Yes. You know, like that's the discussion that you're participating in. But anytime the Jags aren't just drafting, you know, top three, essentially, it feels like the mock drafts have no idea what to do with the Jaguars ever, right? Like recognizing team needs aren't always a strength for the mock drafters. I don't, I, I'm starting more and more to get that sense with them picking all the way down at 24 that you read through these mock drafts and they have reasons like specific reasons for all these teams to be doing the different things that they're doing. And I'm not saying that the Jags are necessarily the easiest team to get a grasp on what they're going to actually do at 24, right? Because they could go a bunch of different directions. But it does feel like to me more and more as we get through and get deeper and deeper into mock draft season that they're kind of like, ah, I don't know, tight end. You know, like that that's kind of the way that it feels to me with a lot of the mock drafts that I see right now. Yeah, and I, I at least – appreciate the ones who recognize the Evan Ingram situation, yeah. right? Some of them will say, hey, even if Ingram's back, this would be a good pick. All right, at least you're acknowledging least acknowledge it. it. Right? Yeah. As long as you know that we may disagree on what you think they're going to do, um, you know, in that circumstance, or if they say, hey, Ingram's not re-signed yet, 
I see a lot of those, this might change if he is re-signed, or this presumes mm -hmm. that he's going to be a free agent and may go somewhere else. And until he does, uh, this is the way we would go. That's fine, uh, as long as you are given some indication that you're actually doing your homework on what these teams need. So you'll keep us coming back. And today, uh, we've got, for Mock Draft Monday, a nice varied selection. We got a fresh one from CBS we got a fresh one from Pro Football Network. We got a fresh one from Sports Illustrated. And we have a fresh one from Walter Football. And you're like, what is Walter Football? Walter Football's been around forever. And I don't always love all their work over there, but they actually graded out very well last year. They there's There are sites that like kind of chart the final mock drafts and how successful they were in actually predicting what happened. And they scored very highly last year in uh, that kind of formula. So we'll take a peek at what they have to say uh, today as well. Plus, um, crazy prediction time in the offseason. This is kind of a staple of filling the NFL mm -hmm. offseason downtime, so to speak. And uh, for most people out there, it is kind of downtime, right? It's the Super Bowl's over with. Yes, the Combine's going to be coming. Yes, you've got pro days and all this stuff. But there's nothing imminent that you've got to deal with today, right? Free agency hasn't opened up. You can't apply the franchise tag. There are a lot of things that you're kind of waiting on to happen. So CBS Sports did a 10 crazy NFL offseason predictions column that I thought was kind of fun. Most of them had no bearing on the Jaguars, mm -hmm. but we'll kind of go through and talk about the likelihood of them coming to pass a little bit uh, today as well. So once again, the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day Today, seeing as how it's President's Day, give us your executive order on what three things the Jacksonville Jaguars most need to do this offseason to make themselves a Super Bowl contender in 2023. You can hit us up on the phone lines at 641-1010. Same for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures on Twitter today at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at IME2 the T. Come on, somebody. All right, big race fan in there. Uh, you can hear it in his voice. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Emmanuel. Thalarand. Call me E-Boogity. Fresh back from the Daytona 500, E-Boogity is here with us today. So, uh, we'll talk all things Jaguars and the National Football League. Happy President's Day, everybody. Hope you do have the day off and are enjoying a little bit of downtime today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. here with you. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL, Jaguars today on 1010XL. And welcome to NASCAR Today, brought to you by E.T. <laughs> now, E.T., are you just a super speedway guy or, you know, you you into all of it? You like the dirt tracks? You like the, you know, the, the half-mile ovals? What are you, you into everything? You like the road courses, too? Now you're blowing my mind right now. Come on. <laughs> I like the Daytona 500, whatever all right, that is. That's good. That's a good start. <laughs> Right there. I'm thinking about the Rolex 2400. That's like a 24-hour race. That would be uh, 24. Uh, the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, I believe. Yes, yes. something like that. I just, I'm, I just. It's like a, it's like a, a team race. Yeah, like, yeah. They tag yeah. out and stuff. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you'd enjoyed it, man. Uh, back years ago, um, got a hand-me-down job from Joe Cowart uh, as the voice of the St. Augustine Speedway. Oh, I would have a blast with that. Well, I, I, that, that was my deal for three years, and uh, Saturday nights what we would do, or what I would do, oh. is um, I'd pray for rain because we got paid half for, for rain and we didn't have to work if we got rained out. Uh. So we'd go there and be like, oh, 
inclement weather rolling in there. That's just too darn bad right there. But, uh, yeah, you've never – you better love some racing if you're going to be the voice of uh, Uh, small-town speedway on a Saturday night, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have fun with it on a substitute basis. It was a paying gig, and I was happy to do it. Let me put it that way. So thank you very much uh, to, I believe it was the Usina family who ran that (laughs) back in the day. Now, E.T., are you now going to be in front of the TV on Sunday for Fontana? Absolutely not. (laughs) Come on, E. I got to be in the building to enjoy it. I got to say, man, um, Fantasy NASCAR was probably my second favorite fantasy really sport to play for a while there yeah played for a, a good few years it was a simple game at yahoo and then they got rid of their game and they, all the other ones are too complicated mm-hmm. I, I don't really need to have to know about <laughs> racing that much you know it right. felt like at yahoo you could get a little bit lucky it felt like but it gave you somebody to root for every uh-huh. week you know so there you go all right hey when whatever do, they do the second daytona race anymore i know it used to be in july yeah it was like july 4th yeah or as close to july 4th i think he got moved i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure tony what do they call it anymore is it still the coke zero something or other let's see coke zero sugar 400 yeah it'll be august 26th oh you gotta love nascar and their sponsorships come on saturday's race was the beef it's what's for dinner 300 now i was flipping through the channels on saturday i was like how am I not going to stop for at least a moment on the beef? It's what for dinner, whatever. I was doing a serious XM show. I had to read a promo for that two di- different times, and I made it through without uh, so good chuckling both times. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, if if beef the beef council wanted to pay me enough, I'd be Mike Beef. It's what's for dinner, Dempsey. Sure, <laughs> I'd be fine with it. So who am I uh, to accuse somebody else of being a corporate sellout? So let's mm-hmm. go, let's go. Of course, only the finest grade A beef. Yeah. Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube in Las Vegas. I'm trying to look through some of these names. Some of the better names out there. There's always a... Toyota Owners 400. Toyota Owners. Food City Dirt Race. It's not bad. Let's see. But, you know, they're running on dirt. Apparently, yeah. Enjoy Illinois 300. The Enjoy Illinois 300. Presented by Ticket Smarter. Okay. Save Mart 350. Yeah, it's, you know. Yep. Not wrong with Save Mart. Crayon 301. The Crayon 301. (laughs) The Crayon. Not the Crayola 301. No, Crayon 301. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Is it, can you name another brand of crayons other than Crayola? I mean, what? No. Like, I have the picture of it in my head, something art, but I can't remember what right. the first part of the art was. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or were they the waxy ones? You know, the waxy yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really it's kinda... that kind of crayon. Yeah. That's right. like the kind of crayon that you would get if you go to like a restaurant. They don't give you Crayola, right? They give you the cheap Crayolas. Yes. They're like the, the waxy menu. ones. You yeah, kind of waxy yeah. ones. They have a, they, the brand name is on there. Okay. So I've seen it, something art. But I can't remember what. Yes, the first and part save of your was. text. Yes, it is a slow news day, right? Yeah. I know that's coming, right? It's a slow news day. They're talking about crayons on the show. Craze okay. art. Craze art. Yeah, that's it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Craze art. There you go. Number two. It's like Avis, right? They try harder. Craze art. All right. Uh, let's look at some of these craze predictions. Craze art predictions. All right. Uh, for the NFL offseason. There's from CBS Sports. Not look, most of these have little to no bearing on 
the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think they're interesting nonetheless in terms of the power structure of the National Football League, particularly what's going to happen with these quarterbacks. You know, are we going to see more good quarterback talent come to the AFC? Is Derek Carr going to lead? Not that Derek Carr tips the balance of power, but, you know, like if I'm the Jets, do I wait on Aaron Rodgers, who may be my preference for the short term? Right. Or do right. they take the bird in hand? Because if I say, hey, Derek Carr, circle back to me, and the Saints go, Derek, here's the offer. Take it or we're moving on. And he takes it. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's going to be a team or two. For sure. Yeah. Without a chair when the game of musical chairs ends here, a quarterback. No, there there will be. I don't know who it's going to wind up being, right? No, and that's the thing. Who knows? If you are bringing Carr in because you really think that he fits as your quarterback, if you're the Jets, then I don't know why you'd wait. It's it, if it's if the fit is there and you like Carr, then pull the trigger, make it happen, as opposed to wait, especially with a guy like Carr that you know he's already talked to the Saints. So who knows how close they are to actually having something at least the parameters of a deal already in place between those two sides. And, you know, you don't necessarily have that information, but if you like the guy, pull the trigger. You know, I I don't see the point in waiting. Yeah, it doesn't – you haven't heard any connection with Aaron Rodgers going to New Orleans, for instance, right? No. And Carr liked – or was interested enough or intrigued enough that he visited there when he didn't have to Yeah. prior to him being released because that was the one team that had worked out some kind of trade compensation if they wanted to go down that road. Now, maybe the Saints decided after meeting with Carr for two days that they're, they're going to take a wait-and-see approach. Maybe he's asking for too much or whatever the case. Or maybe they said, you know what? We definitely like to sign you, but we don't see the point in giving up X to bring you in because we're probably not going to give you that same level of contract. Yeah. I do believe if you're willing to pay Derek Carr, like you hear about this $40 million that they're saving. Well, it's like 30 this year, 10 next year, mm -hmm. right? So it's not like Derek Carr is making what Patrick Mahomes is making. Is he worth $30 million in today's quarterback market? He probably is, Yeah, you know, quite frankly, right? So maybe he's worth 25 right? $25, 30000000 million, but – Beggars can't be choosers when they're out there. So I could understand if you thought that he was worth that number, say, all right, we'll give you a seventh-round pick, right? It's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have to compete with everybody else. You know, that's presuming Derek – maybe Derek Carr goes, hey, you know what? I'm interested, guys, but I'm not going to waive my no-trade offer here until I see yeah. what the market is. So it could have come from his angle as well. And it doesn't leave you waiting for whatever the interminable situation is going to be with Aaron Rodgers. Right? Like, this guy hasn't exactly been the quick trigger decision maker here in the last couple off seasons. So maybe you have more hope that there's at least a chance that a decision will be made as far as what his future is going to be here in the next couple of weeks. But that guy, what guarantees do you have that guy? That, you have that no idea guy? what he's going to do. I mean, yeah. you saw the report that came out this weekend, right? Where um, it, it was said that the Packers are disgusted. With Aaron Rodgers, right? Absolutely, just had it. They're fed up, uh, and it came from Bob McGinn, mm -hmm. right? Bob McGinn does that draft series every year, which I love so much, and we try to highlight uh, where he talks to front office people around the National Football League on condition of anonymity, and they rank the players at the various positions coming out for the draft, and he does a consensus ranking, like, all right, here's what we've got. Uh, at offensive tackle based mm -hmm. on what real NFL front office people are saying. And so McGinn has covered the Packers for years and years and years and years. Decades, I believe, is how he puts it in his Twitter profile. And uh, that's truly the case. And he said that the, the team is fully on board with Jordan Love. This seems like 
by the way, an orchestrated effort by the Packers to get the message out how much they like Jordan Love. Because mm-hmm. right? I keep hearing these comments. I heard Aaron Jones talk about it. I heard Christian Watson talk about it. Well, what's Christian Watson going to say? He's a young guy. was asked about both guys. But it seemed like Aaron Jones kind of went out of his way to praise Love. And what McGinn said is that they feel Love's ready. They want to move on from Rodgers. The thing is, if Rodgers, who has the no-trade clause, says, no, I'm not going to accept a trade anywhere, they're stuck. Yeah, they're stuck. Because the dead cap number for Aaron Rodgers this year, if he's not on the team, is $99 million plus, right? It's like, it's like 30 if he's on the team. So at the very least, they're not going to they can't cut him, right? They can reduce that number 30 down to like 15 if they trade him and designate him as a post June 1st trade. And so they could split that cap hit like over this year and next year. So that would give them more flexibility. But McGinn wrote or actually it was on a podcast that he did. He said that even if he comes back, if he forces their hand and says, nope, I'm going to play and you're not going to trade me, that they're going to make him back up Jordan Love. Now, I mean, look, would, would I just absolutely, no pun intended, oh love goodness. that? Yeah. I mean, for the drama's sake, are you kidding me? How good would that be if Aaron Rodgers had to show up every day and be the backup? Um, it would be fun. I have no rooting interest in the mm-hmm. Packers. I don't care what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but – would he go through with it? Would they go through with it? Or are they just trying to poison the well enough just so he's like, look, let me out of here. Uh, I don't want back in this. I don't even want to risk that kind of situation. Right. So yeah. that's been floating around out there. All right, so CBS, let's count them down from 10 to 1. You tell me if you think this is likely, unlikely, or um, what degree of likelihood for each of these, okay? Number 10, Jimmy Garoppolo signs with the Buccaneers. Keep it in mind, these are very specific Mm-hmm. predictions, right? It's not obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is going to sign somewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo signs with the Bucks. Uh makes sense how likely do you think that uh, is? it makes sense. The Bucks are obviously going to be in the market to go get a quarterback, you would think, given their depth chart right now. Uh I I you know, I don't know how likely that is, but I don't think it's crazy. I think the the issue is the money. Yeah. The Bucks are $55 million projected over the salary cap, worst in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So, now, on the other hand, you look at that division, and they won it at 8-9, and nine, right? So, they could sit there and go, you know, if Garoppolo comes in and nobody takes a major leap forward, we could be hosting a playoff game next year very easily. It's yeah. not a great division, uh, depending on what New Orleans does at quarterback. Uh, we've got some offensive skill players like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that are still in the prime of their career. So I think I could see it from a standpoint of, yeah, they would want to not completely strip it down with the roster that they have and convince themselves that they can at least win the division. And then once you get in the postseason, anything can happen. Yeah, I just don't know if they can afford to to make this move. You know, I, I don't know. Like, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback on the roster, Tony. I could see them going to Blaine Gabbard and going, look, we'll give you $5 bucks and um, a quarter million dollar bonus for every game you start. Something along those lines. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. the numbers may be off a little bit. I got to believe Garoppolo is going to be wanting something in the $20 million plus range. You Probably, know? yeah. Uh, based on his track record, he's been a good winner. He's just never been able to stay healthy. Uh, and that could be something, too. Maybe you set up a contract that protects you if he's unavailable. Maybe, uh, you know, you have some uh, a lower base salary with some heavy um, per-game roster bonuses, something like that. So Garoppolo to the Bucs. Uh, 
Better than 50% chance, less than 50% chance? Probably less. Yeah, it's got to be less, yeah. right? I mean, because there's so many different ways this could go. He could sign with any number of teams out there. Uh, Derek Carr signs with the Jets is oh. the next bold prediction. Yeah, we were just discussing that yes. one. Yes. Uh, I feel like this is actually more likely than the Garoppolo to the Bucks one simply because I know the Jets want to make somewhat of a splash move, and there aren't very many spl- – now, maybe they're the team that just says, we're going to wait on Aaron Rodgers – period. Mm-hmm. But it, doing that, are you going to be the team then? If Derek Carr goes somewhere else, what are you left with? Are they going to go the Garoppolo route? Eh, Does could, it become a bidding yeah. war on Garoppolo at that point in time? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean no, it it could, seems yeah. kind of silly, but that's the importance of the position. And they're not really in a position to go draft another quarterback. No. You yeah. know, uh, where they're picking and with uh, Zach Wilson – as young as he is, I think it's more likely that Derek Carr signs with the Jets, though, than Garoppolo signs with the Bucs. Agreed. I don't know if it's greater than 50% chance. Um, number eight was Tony Pollard draws major interest in free agency and leaves the Cowboys. I could see that happen. I think the Cowboys will want him back, but I don't think they're going to want him back to the tune of a franchise tag. And... I don't know how good the market is overall. I guess you've got Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs out there, but both of those guys could receive the franchise tag as well. Um, Generally, the market's not great for running backs. I'm going to say, I think, while I could see it happening, I think he is back with the Cowboys this year. I just think coming off of of injury, smaller guy, probably not a, a true workhorse running back, good fit in that offense already, and I know they're changing offensive coordinators, but I, I think it's more likely that he's back with the Cowboys. Uh, who else would the Cowboys be considering with the franchise tag? <sighs> I don't know, but what is the franchise number for a running back? Right at $10 million. Man, maybe. I guess. Like, if, it, if you're not able because of the injuries and all that different kind of stuff, look, Zeke's not going to be your feature back, right? Like, no. He just doesn't look like he's that guy. And he's probably not back point. unless he takes a pay cut. Absolutely. So if you're Dallas and it's, <clears throat> okay, we either have to rework the entire running back room or figure out a long-term extension with Pollard, which may be difficult because of all the other stuff that would be going on with that. But if you can't get the extension done, to me that feels like $10 million for one year and then we figure it out. You know, in 2024, maybe I, so. I don't think that's unlikely. Yeah, the franchise tag, maybe so. I think it's more likely that he's back. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, I, I guess they're predicting it gets a three-year deal whose new money average surpasses $10 million a year. Um, SpotTrack projects him for a three-year deal worth $8.4 million per. And this column is suspecting he gets more interest on the open market. I don't know if he'll have more interest... Uh, from any team, then the Cowboys will have interest in him. Right. So I'm with you on that. I don't care about Dan Snyder and who he sells the team to. <laughs> so, you know, like, whatever. Uh, this is a prediction. He'll sell it to Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z, and Matthew McConaughey, I guess, as a combo group. Whatever. I, All right. You know, don't care. And then number six was Odo Beckham Jr. signs with the New York Giants. I could see that. I think Odo Beckham Jr., is going to be in an interesting spot. He tried to con the world into giving him like $16 million to come back when mm-hmm. he wasn't ready to play. And uh, I think he's going to have to show that he is fully healthy at this point in time. Uh, but look, it's it's ironic because he wanted out of New York, but the Giants are in desperate need 
of wide receiver help, probably as much as any team in the National Football League right now. Yeah, I think teaming Odell Beckham up with Dable in an offense would be interesting. Right. Right. And where is Beckham at at this point in his career, I think is a real question mark. He, uh, look, he looked good the last time did. we saw him healthy, right? But now coming off another torn ACL, yeah. what, what has he got left? And we don't know. Re- return to the Giants would be interesting on top of that. they got to figure out, you know, there are other two big skill position questions. They are, is Daniel Jones coming back to the New York Giants? they got to answer that question first. And then is Saquon Barkley coming back uh, next year with the New York Giants? They're both set to be free agents. And if you're going to use the tag on one or the other, which direction would they even go with that if they can't work out a long-term deal here in the next month uh, with one of the or both of those guys? Uh, by the way, uh, Rose Art, is that the one you were thinking of? Something earlier. Art. Somebody uh, yeah. sent us a picture of uh, Rose Art crayons on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and they said, Source, I'm a professional crayon artist. Yeah. So I don't know if they're being facetious or – is that something that you can be? I'm, I <laughs> assume you can be just about anything, right? Somebody will pay you for it. I've seen you Rose be Art that. before, for sure. Yeah, right, I'm just I curious. recognize that box. Right, yeah. I don't doubt the Rose Art. I'm just wondering, is this person really a professional crayon artist? Or are they trying to be uh, funny about it? I don't know. It could go either way here, Tony. Uh, I'm not mocking your chosen mm-hmm. profession, uh, especially if you're gainfully employed. Uh, playing with crayons. That's fantastic for you. All right, uh, we'll come back and we'll look at the top five crazy predictions from CBS uh, for the upcoming NFL season. The question of the day today, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate on President's Day, we ask you to give us your executive order on what three things the Jacksonville Jaguars most need to do this offseason to make themselves a Super Bowl contender in 2023, or at least strengthen their ability to be a Super Bowl contender in 2023. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, this one on Twitter uh, for the question of the day. Chad and Sandy Real Estate brings it to you every day here on Jaguars Today. Multiple offers on your house in three days or they will sell it for free. Check them out online at Chad and Sandy. From Daniel on Twitter, Tony, leaning into it, the question of the day. We appreciate this, right? We ask you on President's Day for your executive order Mm -hmm. on what things the Jags need to do, three of them, to uh, make themselves a Super Bowl contender this year, or at least strengthen their Super Bowl contendingness. I'll let it slide. (laughs) I'll allow it. Uh, All right, Daniel says, do not abuse the new momentum that winning and this team has built with your constituents. You see, I get it. Right now, mm-hmm. he's he's speaking the language. Number one, as a government of the people, keep the bank rocking, mm. right? He's leaning into the uh, the fan aspect of it. Yes. What does that entail to keep the bank rocking? I, I don't know if you can – I guess if you're issuing an executive order, you just swipe in the pen. We want to keep that home field advantage that we had at the latter part of the season. I don't mm-hmm. know what the Jags themselves could do other than – Make savvy offseason moves. They're not going to slash ticket prices in half, you know, and they're not going to give away dollar beers or anything like that. I think we've long ago determined. So, but nevertheless, keep the bank rocking. Number two, speak softly and carry a big hit stick defense, right? <laughs> he's, he's trying, though, he right? Is, he's yeah. trying. I get it. Carry the big stick. In other words, bring the lumber defensively, mm-hmm. and you can. 
put under that umbrella anything you want, including hitting that quarterback on the opposing team a lot more than they did this year. And three, ask not what your quarterback can do for you, but what you can do to make your quarterback succeed. And that should be number one, just about, right? I mean, and for the immediate future, that will probably propel the Jags as far as anything, yeah, right? no doubt. You know, I mean, would I like a corner? Yes. Would I also like it? Would I, would I hate it if they decide we're in a window of contendingness? Did we decide on that word? We're good to go with that? All right. Uh, you're in a window where you can be a contender. And what do you do? You lean into the strength of your football team, which is Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And, you know, which is why, you know, we have these discussions, if possible. What would you do to acquire a T. Higgins or a Mike Evans? Or should they go, despite their need, at corner and pass rush? What if X receiver or tight end or even running back were available with the 24th pick? What should the Jags do? I don't have an issue. If they say, let's make this an offense that can play with the best in the National Football League mm -hmm. and we will continue to try to improve the defense, but again... You don't win on defense in today's NFL. You just don't. I mean, not consistently. Offense is going to be the thing. Look at 38-35 in the Super Bowl. Sorry, mm -hmm. I get it. Kansas City scored on the defensive touchdown. It's because the Philly offense just made a mistake and dropped the ball. I yep. mean, it's not like they did anything. There, there were, you know, it wasn't a big sack game or anything like this. And uh, that was part of it, too. The pass rush probably impacted by the slippery field. But none, nonetheless, um, you know, the Colts did it for years and owned the AFC South. They did. Just, hey, we got Peyton Manning. Does he need a weapon? Does he need more protection? Got to get a running back in here? Take a little burden off him? Whatever the case. That's what they would do. Not that they never drafted defense, but it, and it was a luxury because they had the, the pass rush, you know, embodied in two different players. And uh, if we had that, if we had – the Freeney Mathis equivalent right here. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you would say legitimately. I mean, look, I think the Jags, in the right circumstance, they get into the postseason, they can get on a run, and they can play with these teams, mm -hmm. right? But they can also get knocked out in the first round, right? And not that it was an automatic for the Colts to advance deep. They made two Super Bowls in the Manning era. One, one, lost one. They did. So, yep. um, but they were a contender because they had Manning, and Manning – would often give the Colts the lead, and in the fourth quarter, Freeney and Mathis would come to close the door on your yeah. hopes of coming back. You know, we're not there. Yeah, and by the time the league changed the rules about what defensive backs could do because of what the Patriots were doing to the Colts, especially in the playoffs every year, right? Yes. I mean, just absolutely roughing up those guys. I mean, you go back to that tone. To, and like by the, the time they changed that rule, you know, all those guys were getting older. Absolutely, Yeah. right? And, but you go back to that. The, the, at the time, you were, they let him do it, yep. right? And there were reports that the Patriots just said, you know what, we're going to mug them every single play because they won't call it every single play. No, yeah. And if they start calling it half the time, we'll have to back off a little bit. We'll, we'll find the sweet spot where we're getting away with as much physical play as we're allowed to get away no with. No doubt, yeah. And we'll put it on the referees. Do you really want to call that five times in a row? Really? There's no incentive not to. Especially if they're not going to call it yeah. all those times in a row. You know, if they had said no and they kept whistling it, be a different story. All right, let's get back to um, out-of-the-box predictions. CBS calls them crazy. I don't think they're all that crazy. Number mm -hmm. five is uh, Lamar Jackson demands a trade. Hmm. 
I think that's getting more and more likely, you know, um, depending on how this gets handled. You know, they offered him a deal, and they were reportedly well over $100 million in guaranteed money apart. Uh, from what he, he uh, Lamar Jackson reportedly wants a fully guaranteed deal. Now, you can't talk to his agent to find that out because he is his own agent, which kind of complicates the situation a little bit. I do think what's going to happen is they're not going to get a deal worked out before the franchise tag window, and I think they'll apply the tag to him, one version of the tag. And at that point, how does Lamar Jackson react to it? Is he willing to play with his style that has cost him a number of games over the last couple of years? Is he really going to want to go out there in a one-year type situation and risk injury and the long-term money? Now, one year on the NFL quarterback franchise tag, if it's the exclusive version – it's going to make like $45 million. Yeah. No one's feeling sorry for you, Lamar. If it's the non-exclusive version, it's probably about $10 million less, I think, something like that. And at which point, does he demand a trade or does he just say, hey, you know, whatever it takes to trade me, let me find a team. Because once you put the non-exclusive tag on him, he can go negotiate with anybody he wants. And they don't have to necessarily sign him and give up two first-round picks. They may say, all right, let's agree to terms. And then let's go to Baltimore and say, he's willing to sign this with us. You're not willing to give him this. We'll give you a first and a fourth yeah. or whatever. Um, he has uh, missed 10 games in the last two years. Since he was named the starter in 2019 for the Ravens, he has missed at least a game every year uh, due to injury. Now, granted, first two years he was playing, it was just one game each of those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 10 games in the last two years, and – as you said, he's representing himself in this whole thing on top of, which is good for him from a money perspective. You're not splitting the pie um, in any way, but it does complicate things potentially at least. I'm with you. I think at the very least they apply the franchise tag to Lamar Jackson. Now, is he the type of personality that would be willing to miss money short term, you know, to not sign that tag? And is he willing to hold out um, at that point? I I don't know what the answer is. I think he'd be is. willing to hold out to the degree that that like he may not show up until sometime in training camp because right. I doubt once they apply the tag, they're going to rescind it. No. Because then yeah. he can just leave with no compensation, right? And and someone will give him something more approaching what he wants. You know, maybe Atlanta has been offered. Uh, think about it if you're Atlanta. right? The Bucks won the division at 8-9 and nine and they're losing Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Right? Carolina went 7-9. and nine. Their quarterback is Sam Darnold right now. New Orleans went 7-9, and nine, and who is their quarterback right now? Maybe it'll be Derek Carr. Maybe it'll be Andy Dalton again. Maybe it'll be Jameis Winston. We just yeah. don't know. And Atlanta went 7-9 and nine with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Give them a chance to get Lamar Jackson on the field, right. who, who's always utilized the tight end position well. And you've got Kyle Pitts. You've got Drake London as a good starting point for your receiving core. Tyler Algier was actually a pretty damn effective runner. He was last year, uh, and so was Cordero Patterson still. And so you could have the elements of a, a decent running game in place, and you add Lamar Jackson to it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, by the way, forty-five and sixteen as a starter. Pretty good, forty-five and sixteen. He says uh, as an understatement. Uh, this one, uh, crazy prediction from CBS Sports number four: Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I mean, look, there are reasons he might not want to go to New York, right? Just dealing with the media who's not going to 
fawn all over you like they do up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at least to a much harsher degree, being one of them. Um, maybe he will end up with the Raiders. I don't know. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. We talked about it earlier today. Would the Packers really bring him back and tell him that he has to sit behind Jordan Love? Is that even the smart thing to do for the Packers? You know, like, right. like I get it. You got to figure out what you got in Love, but if Rodgers is the best quarterback, I, I find it hard to believe that Rodgers right now is not a better option than Jordan Love. I mean, he's only a year removed from winning consecutive MVP awards. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know if I'm fully on board with that Bob McGinn story. All right. Um, Got three other crazy predictions. Uh, one or two of them might actually have some local bearing. Uh, so we'll get into those as we get into our number two. Uh, the question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate today asks you to give us your executive order on what three things the Jags most need to do this offseason to make themselves a Super Bowl contender or strengthen themselves as a Super Bowl contender in 2023. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, we'll get into a little mock draft Monday action coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, just peruse some of the fresh stuff from over the weekend. Like to always uh, take the pulse of what the draft Knicks are thinking as we edge a little bit closer to this year's NFL draft. Still about two months away and uh, less than a month away, though, from NFL free agency. Looking at, among other things today, CBS Sports 10, what they term as crazy NFL offseason predictions. It's not really CBS Sports. You know, it's it's one guy, mm -hmm. Jordan Dejani at CBS Sports, who is doing these predictions. So, you know, it's one man's opinion. But nevertheless, somewhat interesting uh, to look at. And number three, it's a little closer to home uh, because it has to do with Anthony Richardson, who's training here at Six Points uh, Jacksonville with Denny Thompson's crew getting ready for yeah. the NFL draft. And CBS Sports has like four mock drafts currently out there right now. One of them has Anthony Richardson going number one overall to the Colts after they trade up to get him, which is fascinating that mm -hmm. the idea, you know, you would think most people would say right now, if you want Anthony Richardson, you're the Colts to sit right there. It'll be falling right into your lap. Yeah. All right. Um, look, physically, I don't know if you'd pour the mold any better than you'd do with Anthony Richardson. No doubt. Right. Yeah. But he's got accuracy concerns. Certainly there's plenty of concerns with, is he ready for the professional ranks? But all of the four mock drafts at CBS have him going in the top 11. Okay. The okay. crazy prediction is that he falls to the end of the first round. Now, um, that they define the end of the first round as when he gets into the 20s, somebody will trade up to get him. So basically the last third of the round. And then they point out last year, every mock drafter had Malik Willis going in the first round. Did they? Was It may have been the case. I'm trying to recall. Was it across the board that Malik Willis would definitely go? I guess it was probably Willis, Pickett, like which way would – some team like in the middle of round one go yeah, I don't re on him. remember where they had him going. Yeah. He fell all the way to round three. Yeah. Pick 86 is their point there. Um, Barrett Sally, uh, who does college sports for CBS, came out with his ranking 
of the top 10 quarterbacks uh, on Friday in this draft. And as he stated, I mean, no way, shape, or form an NFL draft expert. Nevertheless, and then he dra- ranks his top 10 QBs okay. for the draft. Have you seen his list? I have not. All right, number one, C.J. Stroud. Okay. All right, that's fine. You know, a lot of people think it's going to come down to a Stroud-Bryce Young decision. He has Bryce Young at number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, number three, Hendon Hooker. Okay, I mean, look, I think the knock on Hendon Hooker is his age, as much as anything, and uh, I guess injury as well. But you know what I mean? Like he's already mid twenties, and you wonder is he maxed out or does he have room to grow? But then again, based on the way things stand right now, nobody seems to think he's going to fall in the first round. So maybe he's a guy you get in round number two, mm-hmm. and. You know, if your window with him is seven or eight years as opposed to 12, you know, is that not good enough maybe in today's NFL? I don't know. You know, you know, go rookie contract if need be, franchise tag him for a year or two. If you can get six good years out of a guy and you don't have to take him in the first round, maybe an interesting approach. Uh, Aiden O'Connell at four. Jake Hayner at five. Jaron Hall at six. <laughs> Uh-oh, where's Will Levis, by the way? Uh-huh. Uh, Stetson Bennett. Oh, my. At seven. No way. Man, you're, yeah. you're talking about another guy. You got old questions about, you know, like his top-end ability. Right. Didn't he just have a DUI, like, he did. a few yeah. weeks ago on he top tried to of run that? from the cops, and he got there, rushed. There's some uh, leadership for you right there. I mean, all right, so Stetson Bennett at seven? Max Duggan at eight. When last we saw him, he was having his bubble burst in mm-hmm. the championship game. Tanner McKee, Tony. Oh. What can you tell me about Tanner McKee? His last name is McKee. <laughs> I can do you one better. His first name's Tanner. Uh-huh. Tanner McKee at nine. Will Levis at ten. Oh. No Anthony Richardson in the top ten. Well, keep in mind, Tony Pauline told us. He wouldn't take uh, Anthony Richardson, what, before the third round? It's the third round, yeah. So, I mean, look, they may turn out to be right. They may turn out to be wrong. I'm not, I, I understand why you would take Anthony Richardson in the first round. All the tools are there. Make every throw. Yeah. Make every throw. Now, the question, can you get the best out of him? Can you coach him to – can he, you know, process defenses as well as you need him to at the NFL level? I'd say no right now because mm-hmm. he didn't do it in the SEC on a consistent basis. But every once in a while, he, he'd make a few plays, and you'd be like, well, damn, that's the best quarterback prospect in the country, yep. right? I mean, his ceiling is ultra elite. His floor is complete bust. Yep. I mean, and that's, that's a wide, wide range if you're picking in the first round, which is why if you are picking in the first round up top, maybe you do pass on him. Maybe you say, you know, I got a chance to get a true – what I define as a blue chipper yeah. if I don't love the quarterback class. And then you're one of those guys. Maybe you're you're the Raiders at seven, right? And you don't land Aaron Rodgers. Or even if you do, maybe you don't take a quarterback then at seven, and then maybe you do trade up later in the first round to say, hey, we got to get our guy of the future here, and he'll learn for the next couple of years. My feeling on that as of now is that a team that really needs a quarterback but doesn't have the guy that they love fall to him somewhere in that top ten, right? They're like, we like a bunch of these guys, but they're gone, mm-hmm. right? Like the the handful, two or three guys that we love are gone 
before we pick, but we need a quarterback. My guess is they trade back into the end of the first round and take Richards. Which is what they're suggesting here, yeah. right? now. But all it takes is that one team to thwart that plan. Well, no you, you're going to try to do that. All it takes is one team, like the Bucks in the middle of the round. Do they go, well, we didn't expect them to fall to us. Yeah. Let's grab him here. This is better than we could have hoped for falling into our laps, particularly because we are $55 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to make that big splash signing at quarterback. All right, so that, that I just thought it was interesting because sure. of the local connection with Anthony Richardson there. Uh, number two, we don't need to really discuss much. The NFL makes roughing the passer even worse, uh, and they're talking about how the NFL is discussing reportedly the possibility of making it a reviewable penalty and how that's going to add all kind of other layers of, you know, stop motion, did he lead with the, <laughs> you know, face or whatever kind of thing. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then finally, this one will ultimately affect the Jacksonville Jaguars. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow reset the quarterback market. Sure. That when each of them sign their deals, it will be the biggest deal in league history. Why not Jalen Hurts? You know? I mean – what is – I guess Burrow's been a little bit more consistent doing it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has steadily built to this point. They both have great weapons. They both have been, I would say, kind of MVP-ish level contender, top 10 type players. This year, Hurts was a top two Yep, uh, MVP guy. Shined in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Both of them have had – you know, and didn't win it ultimately. I don't know. Um I don't know if you need to give any of these guys the top. Like, can you justify paying more than Patrick Mahomes got? I guess the justification is I'm the next one up, and the salary cap has gone up, and it's going to go up even more and even more and even more. But ultimately, you're sitting here. Trevor Lawrence has gone two years into his career. I've heard all kinds of, you know, speculation about how the Jags are going to handle this. Do you do the deal as soon as you can to get him locked into the more manageable rate? You know, I'm already hearing this offseason, Tony. I don't know if you've heard it. Since the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes should be looking to renegotiate his deal. Well, if I'm the team, I'm like, that's kind of the point of giving you a 10-year deal yeah. with a ton of guaranteed money is that we're locking in. We're, we're giving you a lot up front. If you get hurt, you're still going to make a ton of guaranteed money. Yeah. And we're locking you into this deal, which, yeah, it's going to become more affordable as the years go by. Is tre- do you think Trevor Lawrence will sign a contract at some point that makes him the highest paid player of the National Football League? <sighs> Not looking ahead to, like, say that Herbert or Burrow didn't get a deal done this offseason. Okay, that's right, a different story. For whatever story, reason, right. right, and it's happening at the same time. Right. With those guys, I think that can make it tricky, but I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility that Trevor Lawrence well, does. Well, look, right? If they don't give it to him after his third year, after his third year, yeah. he's going to be the guy, right? In ter- certainly out of that draft class, that would be the one who would make the most money. If you don't give it to him then and you wait another year because he's under contract for four years with a fifth-year option mm-hmm. and all this, well, then you're going to be putting him in the pool with what? Kenny Pickett? And, right. and yeah. some of the there, none of these guys who are probably going to be – getting a deal early. So I think it's a better than likely chance, you know, better than 50-50, that at some point Trevor Lawrence signs a deal that either is the biggest in NFL history or the highest annual average in NFL history. It's more likely going to be that. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're going to do 
like the the Chiefs did four years or uh, ten years, four hundred and fifty million dollars. I think is what it came out to with Patrick Mahomes. But I think there's a pretty good chance that Trevor Lawrence signs a deal with an average annual value that starts with a five and has at least nine numbers after mm-hmm. that. Right? It's fifty something million plus a year, particularly if Burrow and Herbert both reset the market as his prediction um, is suggesting. But uh, I heard Mia say the other day, she started talk that next year, because of the TV deals kicking in, the salary cap could go up $50 million in one offseason. Yeah. That's the case, man. There, Here you go, Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, no There's doubt. your money. Yeah. That's, that's where it's coming from, and we'll manage the rest of the guys under the current cap restrictions that we have. So, uh, anyway, interesting. So, that list was up at uh, CBS Sports. Thought it'd be fun to go through today. Uh, we'll come back on Mock Draft Monday and look at a bevy of mock drafts. A lot of them, like the Jaguars going tight end, but uh, at least one or two are thinking outside the box uh, when it comes to that. So, we'll uh, go through some of the more popular sites that have posted them over the last couple of days when we return in a moment. Don't forget your Chad and Sandy real estate question today, asking on President's Day for your executive order three things the Jags need to get accomplished this offseason in order to make themselves Super Bowl contenders or strengthen themselves as Super Bowl contenders from whatever point of view you're coming at it from. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I'll just say, I'm not a draft expert. I enjoy the draft mm-hmm. as much as most people who enjoy the draft, right? Like, not everybody loves it. And somebody on the text line today, why are you talking about mock drafts? These are all hypotheticals. Yeah, we don't know who they're going to take. That's part of it, right? I mean, yeah. we, we talk about the players on this team all the time, this time of year. You know, you let your mind wander a little bit and uh, wonder what might be if we go down a certain road. So, uh, I do enjoy it. Um, I don't, I just don't love the idea of the, the Jags taking a tight end in round one. Now, again, if they fail to get something worked out with Evan Ingram and they elect not to use the franchise tag because of cap reasons, maybe they do get a deal done with Juwan Taylor first, mm-hmm. right? And then you're sitting there and maybe, maybe even they go, Hey, we get Arden key back for 7 million a year. I don't know. Just whatever the number. And, you know, I think to me, Evan Ingram should be a bigger priority. And I think 11.2 is a manageable number. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could get him back if you wanted to. I suppose there is the school of thought. If you do franchise tag him, then you still go draft the tight end because maybe you only have him for the year. And then next year, if you do want to give Trevor Lawrence the extension early, he rolls off. There are other guys, you know, if you want to give Josh Allen the long-term deal, if you opt to go that way, depending on what he does this year, You've got a little flexibility, but um, even then it comes down to which tight end is the best one for the Jags. Just go through a few of these. Um, Ryan Wilson, two-round mock at CBS Sports, has him taking Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State. Uh, It said Musgrave was getting some late first, early second day buzz in Mobile, and while he didn't have a great week, it was certainly easy to see why teams like him. He missed most of the year with an injury, but he's well-built long as the athleticism consistently separate from both safeties and linebackers. Blocking is a work in progress. He'll be a contributor in the passing game from day one. So, in other words, does that not sound a little projecty? Hurt, didn't play a whole lot this mm-hmm. year. 
Uh, some people think he's a late first, early second. So, I mean, I guess 24th is late-ish first. Yep. Um, I don't know. Don't love it. Don't love it, but I can understand why he's going that way at the present time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jartavis Martin, Jartavius Martin, excuse me, Tony, the other corner from Illinois uh, going to the Jags at 56. So I'm not going to tell you my thoughts on Jartavius Martin because I have no thoughts on Jartavius Martin right. other than he plays a position that the Jaguars clearly need help at. So not going to be surprised if they spend an early pick on corner. Yeah, and in that same mock draft, if you look at Musgrave going there at 24, uh-huh. uh, to the Jaguars, you have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba going at 25 to the uh, Giants. Jalen the, Hyatt. Yeah, you got Hyatt going 26 to Dallas. B. John Robinson going 27 to Buffalo. Cam Smith. Cam Smith. The corner. Yep, going 29 uh, to New Orleans. And I'd, I'd have to, again, we've had the discussion for – a lot of last week about the B. John Robinson thing. But I running back would be one Robinson would be one of the guys that I would consider ahead of a tight end in this strat if it was me making the call in this thing ultimately. And the other guys that we just mentioned there, I think I'd rather have any of them than I would Musgrave at tight end, personally. I, I would too. Are the ones we just named. I'm with you hundred percent there. Um I'm looking who I'm Trying to find uh, who's the uh, what's the last name of the other Illinois corner? Oh, there is Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon. Right, that's why I said the other guy mm-hmm. was the other corner, Martin Jartavius Martin, Devon Witherspoon here going um, with the 16th pick in this mock by Ryan Wilson. I do believe Tony Pauline didn't mention him first. He we did. talked about the yeah. best corner in the class. It does seem like though there are four or five that are consensus first round worthy guys. So, all right, Jack going tight end. In that from CBS Sports, uh, Pro Football Focus put one out on Saturday, and let's see what I think they had the Jags going tight end here as well, but I think it might have been a different one if I'm not mistaken. I uh, know it's Musgrave again. Well, Michael, uh, here's the thing: Michael Mayer on the board for this mock available to the Jags. Well, Mayer may be getting all the hype. Think the NFL Combine could shift that narrative if he and Musgrave test as I expect them to. Musgrave appears to have all the athletic tools you want from elite tight ends like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Easy now. Um, (laughs) Given the importance of that type of weapon, finding new life in the league, I would expect Musgrave to be in contention for an early selection. Jacksonville gets a shot in the arm on offense with this pick. And uh, Michael Mayer goes three picks later to Buffalo in this. Cam Smith goes a pick after. Keely Ringo, another corner from Georgia, goes two picks after. Um... Bijan Robinson goes 30th. Again, I'm not trying not to be fixated on Bijan Robinson, but I'm at least interested in Bijan Robinson. All right, so that's uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's Pro Football Network. That's Tony Pauline's site. It wasn't Tony's mock this weekend. Then Sports Illustrated put one out on Friday afternoon. And oh, man, they're doing that to me. Like on this side, they, they had the Jags taken. I think Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Mm-hmm. One of those deals on this site, it's like it's blurring the whole thing. I've reached my limit of premium articles oh. on Sports Illustrated. Oh, I've got dear. it up on my iPad, but whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> Another tight end selection uh, from them. I will skip your mock draft. Uh, I don't know if your mock drafts are enough to get anyone to give you any money, but mm-hmm. good luck with that. All right? And then finally, don't even come to Walter Football. And I mentioned – 
you know, at least last year, I, I don't know if it was um, – there's a, a, a Charlie guy and a Walter guy there at Walter Football. They each do mocks. Mm-hmm. One of them came in, I think, second in somebody's mock draft rankings in terms of they, – they grade them on accuracy based on a different number of factors. So take it with a grain of salt, but nevertheless, in this one has – the Jags taking Keeley Ringo out of Georgia. Hey, there's a position I can get behind, no a cornerback. Yeah. Jags could use multiple cornerback additions. Ringo is a flawed prospect, but is very similar to Tyson Campbell, who the current Jaguar sc- scouting staff selected, recorded blah, 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 goes through his stats. Team sources think Ringo is big, fast, and can play the ball. However, they feel he has some serious stiffness that's going to be a problem in the NFL with preventing separation from shifty receivers who change direction well. That certainly doesn't spell nickel corner in the short term. Mm-hmm. And you've got Darius Williams on the outside as well. But I like the idea of corner just as an idea. Uh, you got to find the one that fits best in that spot. Not sure. Michael Mayer, for instance, was still on the board here. Had him going 28th to Cincinnati. Um, go around the league here in a second. Uh, this was actually a three-round mock. Oh, and uh, let me see who the uh, they had the Jags taken. I like the fact that uh, what they do, like below the pick, you can jump to the Jags' second-round pick. You don't have to go navigating through all the pages oh, or, nice. or their yeah. third-round pick. Right. Uh, so at 56, Cedric Tillman, the Tennessee wide receiver, uh, would be the Jags' selection. So they go corner receiver with those first two. Mm-hmm. And then pick 88, Dewan Jones. I actually saw somebody mock Dewan Jones to the Jags in the first round. He's that six foot eight, three hundred and fifty, three hundred and sixty pound offensive tackle from Ohio State. And so this would be, you know, do you lose Juwan Taylor in free agency? And they even mentioned that they could lose him. So uh that to me, uh, not the worst, right? Oh, Corner, yeah. wide receiver, offensive line, and that's gonna have a big um link to whether or not Juwan Taylor is re-signed to a long-term extension. Obviously, that's going to change the thinking. That and Evan Ingram's status on a lot of these mocks. All right, let's take a moment and let Tony Smith take you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Washington Commanders have hired Eric Bieniemy as their new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. Bieniemy spent the last five seasons as the OC for Kansas City. Arizona has hired Drew Petzing as their new offensive coordinator. Petzing has spent the last three seasons with Cleveland, including last year as the Browns quarterbacks coach. Arizona has also hired Nick Rallis as their defensive coordinator. Rallis has spent the last two seasons as the linebackers coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Carolina has hired Thomas Brown as their new offensive coordinator. Brown has spent the last three years on the L.A. Rams coaching staff, spending last season as an assistant head coach and tight ends coach there in L.A. And free agent quarterback Derek Carr visited with the New Orleans Saints before he was released last week by the Las Vegas Raiders. Sources told ESPN on Friday that Carr will have a visit with the New York Jets. All right, thank you very much, Sheriff Tony Smith. Finally, for Eric Bieniemy, he's out of Kansas City. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's interesting. The last five years, apparently, he's been working on one-year deals, right, which enables him, if a job comes along, to leave even for a lateral move like offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. But at the same time, you know, no long-term stability uh, there in Kansas City. This is a multi-year deal. I don't know how many years on it, but it's a multi-year deal uh, with the idea that, hey, if 
Washington is under new ownership next year, which they could easily be. They could blow the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. You know, through no fault of Eric Bieniemy's, he could get wiped out in the wash if they do a hard reset at the head coaching position. But at least in that case, uh, they'd be on the hook to owe him some money. So, look, I, to me, this is – if you can take Sam Howell and make him kind of a household name in NFL circles and make this a, an effective NFL offense, I think he feels this is going to speak more volumes than him being in the shadow of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, for sure. And he's going to be the play caller uh, there in Washington, which we know Andy Reid was calling plays for the Chiefs on top of it too. So while Enemy had the title of OC, it was still Andy Reid's offense, it felt like, there in Kansas City. That's at least the perception from the outside, right, when it came to Eric Enemy, And now it's going to be his show. Uh, there with Washington. We'll see if he's able to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, uh, at least he's getting, you know, I think he wanted out getting that shot, so we'll see how it works for him. Yeah. I, I did see, and again, I the number varies depending on the source, but I did see somebody write that he's interviewed with 16 different teams. It might have been 15 teams that he's had the chance twice with, with one team, mm. but he's basically half the league has knocked on the door of Eric Bieniemy for a head coaching gig. And hasn't gotten one yet. So, uh, you know, honestly, most of the NFL coaching hirings outside of the ones that happen right here in Jacksonville and to some degree in the AFC South, eh, they come and go and, you know, yeah. they don't really care that much. This is one I'm interested to see how it works out because he's been kind of a focal point uh, for, you know, black coaches not getting hired in recent years. And we'll see if this uh, opportunity um ultimately presents Eric Bieniemy with a, a cleaner path to that, or maybe he fumbles the ball mm-hmm. and, and doesn't get another interview at some point in the future. All right, we'll come back and we'll look at the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day on this President's Day. Asked you to give us your executive order of the three things the Jags most need to do to either maintain or make them a Super Bowl contender in 2023. We'll go roundtable and give you ours as well. As we continue along, you're listening to Jaguars Today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, a couple of quick ones here on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures from our friend Matt Teague, one of my favorite Gators. Uh, hey, boys, good morning. Did you happen to see ESPN doing the top five NFL games this weekend? I did not. Did you see this? I did not, no. Uh, he said, I didn't see the top three, but Jags Cowboys came in at number four. Really got me thinking about one of your recent questions as far as which home game was your favorite. Truly incredible how many awesome comeback wins the Jags fans were treated to. We may never see that many in one season all at home again. I still say the Ravens game tops them all, but it's a tough call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, just amazing. Uh, had never half seen of, it before. Half of a season, yeah. right? I mean, it's crazy, yeah, really, the, the the thrilling kind of victories you got. Let's hope they don't have to have as many comeback wins, right? Mm-hmm. Let's hope they, as they improve, they're a team that's holding teams off in the fourth quarter and they're not making as many, or, or certainly at least not falling behind by 17 as frequently as they did this year. Yeah, you're allowed to play with a lead. Let's do a little bit of that. Let's do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Marcus and Mander, he's been pushing his guy for a while, Andre Carter uh, Jr. Remember Andre Carter? He was a nice defensive end, pass rusher back in the day. Uh, he plays for Army, by the way. I think, didn't they, like, just recently 
redo the deal about guys maybe still being able to do their service after their professional career. I don't know. I think that lapsed, and then there was a big hubbub about it. And let's propose for the sake of this next 60-second conversation that you could have Andre Carter available to you as soon as you draft him, right? Because mm-hmm. he did play at Army, and, I, and I'd have to look up uh, to see. And, I mean, you want to talk about fitting some measurables. 6'7", 260, uh, quick burst off the edge. He's got everything you'd want in terms of measurables. As a junior at Army, he had 14 and a half sacks. Not bad. Not bad at all. This year, in 10 games, he had three and a half. Why? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But why? And and one of the first scouting reports I came to on him at thedraftnetwork.com talks about how he is an exciting prospect with raw athleticism. Oh, no. Not again? <laughs> do we Again? Two years in a row? Are we going to do this? Now, granted, you wouldn't be taking Andre Carter in the first round of the NFL draft, but I don't know how far he's going to fall. You know, if he, if you got to spend a second round pick on him, I don't know, man. I, I, can we just, if we do that, can we balance it out with a vet? Like we talked about with Justin Houston last year, making like 3 million bucks had nine and a half sacks, right? Yeah. Can we get one of them on a short-term deal to give us some instant impact while we, Develop this guy. Have we ever developed a great pass rusher here in Jacksonville? I mean, I like. I, I feel like Jan was a good pass rusher when he came into the league. You know what I mean? Do you get credit for developing Tony Brackens at all? Maybe. Yeah. Right. I mean, if that's how far we got to go back, though. Yeah. All right. In the last two decades, have the Jags <laughs> developed the pass rusher? I mean, there have been guys that have gotten better. You know, uh-huh. like Bobby McRae got better. Paul Spicer became a better pass rusher. There are guys that have got yeah. better, but you haven't taken that guy that was this this that I can recall at the top of my head that was this raw nugget of ability and polished him up to be a feared edge. No, the defender. closest to that is Jan. Right. And I think he came in with a lot of that intact mm-hmm. already, you know, and it just put him out there and and uh let him roll. What are you listening to in there, man? Trying to find out how to get Michael Cheever's phone number. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you t- you're talking to McManus? I'm I'm YouTubing and I'm Googling these people to try to find All right, out. we, we got a whole list. He's <laughs> e- e- working in there, in other words. I, I just heard something. I'm like, what is going on? It sounds like he's watching a video or something. He was, I guess, on Michael Cheever. So we got a list of players we're uh, reaching out to as we uh, move forward, trying to get uh, some blasts from the past to pop up on the program. All right, uh, today's... Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day is uh, is this. Uh, as uh, this is President's Day, we're asking you to make a an executive order on which three things the Jags need to do this offseason to make themselves a Super Bowl contender in 2023 or to strengthen themselves, however you want to look at it, as a Super Bowl contender. Let's weigh in uh, with ours with a 10-10 take. 10 10 take now mike dempsey's 10 10 take brought to you by northern tool start solving your projects today at northerntool.com we're made for this all right um i'm gonna lead off with one here and i know everyone's gonna be talking about pass rush and that's fine but that is not to me the most important thing for this football team the most important thing is to 
make sure you at least maintain, if not improve, the set of weapons that you have around Trevor Lawrence. Like If you don't bring back Evan Ingram, you better have an answer. And I hate to spend the first pick in the draft on that answer because we're going to need to fill in other positions of need as well. Calvin Ridley, if he gets reinstated, is he an upgrade over what you got? I think he will be, right? But maximize what you've got. You've got a young quarterback who really broke out in the second half of the season that a lot of people now are expecting huge things from, much like they were when he first came into the league, right? And he's shaken off the slow start to his career no matter what the influences were, and Trevor Lawrence is ready to break out in a big way. Can he become that 35-touchdown-plus guy this year and still keep the interceptions low? Give him the raw material to work with around him. You did that last year, bringing in Ingram, Kirk, Zay Jones, they all worked out very well. Continue to add to that and maximize Trevor Lawrence on a rookie contract. Okay. Uh, I got a little – it's not even – it's campaign slogan crazy Okay, is what I got. So my first one would be tip a canoe and an interior pass rusher too uh, would be wow the one I'd go with. So, yeah, I think that the biggest need for this football team to become one of those – Elite, elite type teams is somebody with an interior pass rush of some sort. They just don't have it okay. uh, right now. So that would be my number one top of the list. Number one top of the list is improve the pass rush from the interior from of the, the defensive interior. line. Yeah. E.T., what's your first uh, executive order for the Jacksonville Jaguars this offseason? Uh, my first one my, fir- my first one would be uh, running back depth. Um, Bishop. If ETN goes down, <laughs> I really don't know if uh, Hasty can hold it down. I'd like, hopefully, he can, but we need some running back there. We we do, and I think that goes to you know the the weapons for Trevor. Right, uh, ETN takes so many damn big hits. He does, you know. Yeah. And uh, if if he's healthy, I think he's fine. But again, I'm not opposed to pushing the chips in if you really have again. The Jags would have to have a top 10 grade on Bijan Robinson, but if they do, he's likely by far the highest graded player they have mm-hmm. available to them if he falls to them. ET sure. putting running back depth very high on the list. Uh, I'm going to go – well, I'll, I'll do this so we don't have all the exact same things, okay? I'm going to say make sure you – where I talk about weapons for Trevor Lawrence, protection for Trevor Lawrence may even be more paramount. That doesn't mean you have to bring Jawan Taylor back, but it means – Whatever plan you put together better work, right? If you're going to tell me that Walker Little's your right tackle, if Jawan Taylor walks, then he better be up to the job, right? And Cam Robinson better be cleared health-wise by the start of the season, right? Otherwise, if you've got concerns about either one of those, you got to prioritize bringing Taylor back. Could you upgrade a guard, a left guard? Maybe. I don't think it's a high priority. Mm-hmm. I, I think at the very least, maintain – the protection for Trevor Lawrence, I will say. If Juwan Taylor walks and those guys can play and give you the same level of protection and Trevor Lawrence continues to protect himself with a quick release, whatever the case may be, um, so far I'm on the offensive side both times. Protect him and give him weapons. What's your next one? Mm-hmm. Lincoln's campaign slogan during his re-election campaign in 1864, which was a pretty tumultuous time in American history, but his campaign was don't change horses midstream. Mm. To which I'm saying, re-sign Evan Ingram is okay. essentially what I'm saying. I'm less concerned about the Taylor aspect of it because I do think Walker Little can step in and play right tackle for you and you're fine. 
um, if that's the direction you have to go. I think it's hard to replace a veteran that is playing at the level of Evan Ingram with the comfort that he has, the desire that he has stated to come back to Jacksonville. I think that's a miss in a lot of directions if they aren't able to bring back Evan Ingram this year. Okay, uh, so uh, there you go. I, you, and Tony even said it with a top hat on, which was nice. <laughs> IET, what's your second? I think you need – I think you need to find a uh, another playmaker in the secondary. Um, we were hope like Cisco. He kind of is, but we know we know um, Travis or Campbell, Tyson Campbell. He's he's that guy, and we we need to find another guy because we need to create some more turnovers from that secondary. So I think we need another playmaker back there. All right, playmaker in the secondary. I'm going to use part of that, uh, and I'm going to say add players who get help you get off the field defensively on third down. Right. right, that covers pass rush. It does, and yep. secondary. Right, I mean, guy, guys that can make those big plays, break those passes up, lock up a number one receiver in a big moment when it's third and twelve. You don't have to worry about somebody burning you for twenty. Uh, and part of that is getting after the quarterback. So just add impact third down players on defense. Generally, you think of pass rush first, so would I. But you can do it in a number of different ways, right? Whether it's coming from the interior of the defensive line, like Tony talked about, edge rushers, and whether that is bringing back a guy like Arden Key or adding a veteran or going into the draft and improving your secondary in terms of playmaking ability as well. So Mm -hmm. get off the field on third down on defense and add players that help you do that. Herbert Hoover during his 1932 presidential campaign which was in the midst of the great depression i was gonna say what depression uh his slogan was we are turning the corner to which i say in drafting one too uh to improve we're drafting the corner yeah we are drafting the corner uh here in jacksonville so for me interior pass rush the re-sign evan ingram and add to the secondary et oh add to the game day experience okay keep the fans happy um they're Maybe a uh, enthusiast out there that's willing to do that and who does a great job at that, but I, I feel maybe like, maybe like game day hype man. They need they need to up their game in in stadium experience. Something whether you know whether it's pregame during the game. Do you know post-game? like do you personally know anybody who'd be good with a mic in his hand in those situations? With a mic in his hand, he is a dangerous man. You feel me? And I think that that would really enhance that game day experience. Mm, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, so um, there you go. Uh, E.T., add E.T. to the game day experience, I think, is the the bottom line, Jaguars, and uh, you will go far as far as that goes. All right, uh, let's uh, wrap things up today by checking in with XL Primetime. They are down at TIAA Bank Field right now. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Joe C. and the crew are down at TIAA Bank Field. Joe, what you got going on down there today? Well, it's a cool thing because the Jaguars love to get involved in the community a number of different ways, and one of them is Jaguars prep. And so whenever we're here for a lot of high school activities, like the Baker Sports High School Media Day, Jaguars prep is right there in step with them. So they put together their flag football tournament, and so it'll be going on. It's already going on right now with a lot of girls' flag football teams. You see a ton of buses on the east side of the stadium where they've all come in, and it's a a battle for some of the best flag athletes 
uh, in the country coming from outside uh, and inside, and then they've got a chance to maybe make it uh, even further than that. So we'll be saying hello to a few of them. Social media, they can keep an eye on the 1010XL channels because we'll be pumping out some video. But it's just nice to be out here, a community event uh, that the Jaguars get behind. All right, sounds good. Joe uh, will be listening and enjoy the coverage uh, today. So have a good show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, buddy, thanks. All right, there you go. Joe C and the crew down there. Uh, highlighting some of the young ladies around the first coast uh, athletically uh, today on 1010XL on XL Primetime. How about this one? When it comes to concessions, read my lips. No new taxes. Okay, let's keep those prices manageable. Mm-hmm. But first of all, I think putting aside Trevor, yes, you need weapons. Yes, we need pass rush. Clearly, we need ET with a mic in his hand, getting the crowd stirred up on game day. That's number one on the list. Should have been number one for all of us. E, mm-hmm. please forgive our oversights uh, as far <laughs> as that goes. All right, uh, for the rest of you out there, hope you enjoy your day off. If you've got a day off, and we invite you to enjoy it by sticking around for XL Primetime and the Franchi Show coming up for the combined next six hours or so uh, thereabouts. Uh, for Tony Smith and Et, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks for listening as always to Jaguars today. Stick around right here on 1010 XL and 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville. Man, y'all get off of T-Law.